Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, welcome back to Man Baggage. I'm Russell Kane. This is part two of a discussion about pride with Shio and the foolish man himself, Jack Fowler. This is a big one now, so I want to leave it to some space to breathe, Jack. It's a real, real big one. Has pride ever stopped you from apologising? Because having had spoke to people prior to this recording today, there are two tribes walking on this earth. People that don't struggle with saying sorry when they're in the wrong and people that do. I've not met a medium, you know, I do apologise, don't enjoy it, but you're either bang, I was in the wrong, boom, out, jab, jab, uppercut, hook, apologise, down. Uh, I can't understand it. If I've fucked up, if I've bumped into you, if I'm late, if I'm supposed to turn up to record, it's three o'clock and I've turned up at 4pm, oh my God, I'm sorry. It's easy. Some people, the word sticks. I was speaking to a friend of mine before this, Raymond. And he said, he says, my bad, instead of saying sorry. That's his substitute, my bad. Owning the bad. Can't go as far as an apologise. So I'm going to tell listeners now something I've been doing. I will try and describe it for you. What I do now, if if in a restaurant someone goes, right, yeah, uh, tagatelli. I didn't order tagatelli. I ordered, I ordered beef while you brought me tagatelli. You didn't write my order down, which is another thing I hate. And now you've got my order wrong. Ah, uh, I'll bring you a pasta for you. Not sorry. Oh, God damn random fate. It's not random fate, it's you. So what I now do is I apologise for them. So I put my hand reasonably close to their face, say, sorry, waft it into my face and say, that's okay. So when someone doesn't apologise, sorry, that's fine, mate. And say it for them. Fuck you. I will <laughs> apologise for you out of your mouth. Sorry, that's fine. Sorry. You come out with a hand, sorry, and waft it in. and <laughs> Shut down. Uh, so, Jack, what are you like at apologising? And has pride ever stopped you apologising? I definitely think it can sometimes be an age thing. I think, you know, when you're growing up and stuff, like going through school and puberty and everything's a bit weird, hormones and stuff, you don't, you're just a bit, it's all a bit going on. People, I feel like pride does take a weird turn and people sometimes can't say, thank, uh, say sorry. For me personally, I'm quite, I'm quite equipped to say sorry. I'm quite equipped to just put my hands up and say, look, I made a mistake. Um, I apologise. Let's move forward and let me rectify it. But I, I, I do think it's an age thing. It's a lot of the time. I think growing up, maybe as a, as a young teenager, I was a bit susceptible to say sorry because I didn't like the fact that I was sometimes in the wrong. I always wanted to be in the right. I always wanted to be, you know, the, the perfect kind of person. But that doesn't exist. People make mistakes. So I think as we grow up and as you go into adulthood, you start making mistakes and you start reflecting back on the mistakes and you say, you know what? The grown thing to do here is just to apologise, move forward and deal with it. Um, and it's sometimes, I feel like it's quite um, unattractive um, when, I, when, I, when I see someone who is clearly in the wrong. Like, you can't not be in the wrong here. And, and it, like you said, Russell, they're not saying sorry. They might say, oh, yeah, uh, my bad. Or just, just, just say the word sorry. That's the only, yeah, really, exactly. that's the only word I want to hear coming out your mouth. I don't want to hear my bad or... Oops, or, oh man, I just want to hear the word sorry. Do you know what I mean? So we, yeah, we can really move forward. Me up. 
we can move forward. And it, in fact, it, it just leaves a bit of taste. Like, for example, like that waiter that you just said there. Like, if he just said, Russell, sorry, man, like, complete apologies. Um, let me sort that out for you right now. You'd be like, you know what? Thank you very much. Cool. And you'd probably be a little bit more content with the fact, yeah, he mucked up, but he's a human. But yeah. when he's going, ah, yeah, 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 we go and get that now. It's like, you, you, there's, there's so many errors in this whole situation right now that you can you could rectify one and just say sorry. Brilliantly put. Right, Shia, I'm going to ask you the same question. Um, I can't call this one with you. I'd lo- I, if I had 50 quid now, I would <laughs> love to have a little wager with Jack. I can't tell what way you're going to go on this. I mean, you seem to have brilliant insights yourself. So I would assume you'd be quite good at apologising. But there is a fierceness there, which I think would have to defrost before the sorry came out. Do you know what? Yeah, I think before I was really stubborn. I would, I'm, I'm still quite a stubborn person, but in moderation. Before I was really stubborn, if I were wrong... I would be the kind, I used to be the kind of person that, oh, my bad, I won't do it again kind of thing. So it wasn't so much so that I was so, um, like, proud that I wasn't able to see when I had made the mistake. But I really do agree with what um, Jack said about it being really unattractive. It's such an unattractive quality to not be able to just hold your hand up and say, okay, cool, I made the mistake, I'm sorry, it won't happen again. Do you know what I mean? But um, now, no, definitely. If I, it's, I mean, it's rare. In case my future husband is listening to this and I, I don't want you to think I'm flawed. I'm perfect, baby. Okay? But, <laughs> um, like, if I make a mistake... I bet, I bet he agrees with that. I bet he agrees with that quickly. I agree. I agree. Please don't hurt me. I agree. <laughs> like, if I make a mistake, then I'll just say, oh, oh, shit, I made a mistake. It's not going to happen again. I'll probably even give, like, say why I did it, depending on, obviously, like, what happened and what the situation was, just to give a little bit of context and insight because um, sometimes sorry isn't enough. Um, so in those instances where sorry isn't enough, I'll tell them why it was I did what it is I did. It's up to them whether they want to um, accept the apology or not. Um, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll just say, like, I'm sorry, I didn't didn't mean to do it. It was a mistake. I thought that blah, blah, blah. I misunderstood. I misinterpreted, etc. But I just feel like it's super unattractive when someone, especially as a big man, big, big man, big woman, you can't just say you're sorry. You made the mistake. Mm. It's not that deep. Apologise and move on and grow. It's really just that simple. Let's let. I'm trying to find some ones where it, it definitely affect blokes or affect women more than the the other sex. If you identify as binary, I should say before you start tweeting me. Um, so, pry. I can't find many women this affects. So it's either either I just only know uh, only know men this affects when I'm stereotyping or it's true pride stopping men from asking directions I mean just just 24 7 I would most men would rather die as a skeleton out in the forest than ask directions it's so true I don't know why why is that Russell I don't know I don't know it's because deep a deep sexist or maybe it's biological it's built into men as the sort of the warrior leader I can look at the sun. I can direct us to our next antelope to fell, my love. Yeah. And feed you on roasted meats before the evening's out. Is it that? I don't know. What else as well is it's admitting that you're lost. I can't admit that I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, if, if, if someone says to me, Jack, do you know where you're going? Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly where we're going. We've driven into Afghanistan. It's sunny anyway. I'm going to roll with this. Dude, we're supposed to be on holiday in Dubai. What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so, it's so true. I, think, I generally think it comes from men providing 
like being the provider. Stereotypically, cavemen, you know, women, the women yeah. have the baby and, and, and you know, they look, they look after the baby at home and the woman goes out and kills a lion. Do you know what I mean? It's one of, it's one of them ones you provide. And, you, and that's, I, I still feel like embodied in us, deep into our roots. And I think even it's a really funny one we've not been admitted to, to say, you know, I'm in the wrong or, or not even that. It's just, I don't want to say where the directions are. You don't want help. It's weakness. You don't want to show. Weak, what's the traditional male weakness? Genuinely, it's one of the things. And, and the funny thing is as well, right? I read a book recently called Men Are From Mars and Women From Venus. And this book really, really explained that that women, you know, they they are just complete, that like we're both just completely different creatures in a way, that like our, our mindsets are completely different. And that book was really good to kind of understand the women's kind of philosophy. And, and, and it really goes into the depths of pride. It goes into the depths of uh, not wanting to show weakness mm. as a man. That's an absolutely classic book. I would recommend it to anyone. But uh, Shai, what do you think of that? What does this test case of men being unable to, 90%, let's say, I'm sure one in 10 men are fine with asking directions. I The only reason I like it is I love interacting with the locals, but that's just my nature. So sometimes I'll, I won't even be lost. I'll just ask directions just for a chat. <laughs> it's a but if I think if I was genuinely lost and I'm genuinely in a bad mood, I think even me, the knuckles, they reverse, they drag. The Neanderthal is out. <laughs> no, you know what it is. I think just to echo what um um you guys have been saying, I think it definitely goes back to a more possibly uh, more possibly primal and primitive um idea of um, masculinity and um and being a man. The whole idea of being a leader and leaders are supposed to have this omniscient, all-knowing um person. Um, and so admitting that you don't know where you're going, since we're using the example of direction, admit, admitting that you don't know where you're going, I feel like it wounds the ego a little bit sometimes. Like I've been in situations and not even just with direction, just instructions even sometimes. Like, it's like, if you don't know what you're doing, then just say that. It doesn't make you any less knowledgeable. It doesn't make you any less of anything. I just don't, I can't, understand that maybe this is where the different the gender differences starts to came because me at any sign of discomfort i'm gonna cry i'm gonna ask for someone to take over so when like i'm lost okay who i'm gonna go i'm gonna ask for help i'm gonna ask for direction if i don't know what i'm doing i'm gonna ask and it doesn't take away anything from me i don't feel like it takes anything away from me but i feel like sometimes with men it's just i think the ego really does kick in sometimes Obviously not with everybody, um, but yeah, I don't. I think it has more to do with this idea that some men have, um, and so they want to step into that. Um, they want to kind of embody that masculinity and that idea of what it is to be a man. But bro, you're lost. Where are you going? <laughs> like, ask for help. To expand out the definition of lost, a more serious one. Let's talk about money and, and finances. Now, obviously, men and women alike have pride in their finances, and I'm sure we all want to not be in debt, and I'm not suggesting that men or women want to be in debt less than the others. But sadly, if we follow the mental health statistics, we know that when people get into get lost, let's say, just to carry on the metaphor, lost financially, that it tends to be by a massively, um, at least sevenfold increase, men who take the most you know, tragic route out of this financial loss rather than women. I'm not saying women can't get financially lost, can't use credit cards, can't cover it up, do anything to keep up the handbags and the facade, but it's men 
that when they get lost financially, they cannot handle that loss of pride. Why? We'll just continue with Jai on this one first. I will come to you afterwards, of course, Jack. What? What the hell is going on? Because this is serious. Because I get told a lot of the time, stop trying to divide people up in a binary world. Men and women, and I'm like, I'm sorry, this fucking suicide rate doesn't respect your identity politics. You know, our young men and our men in, well, not young men, 40 is the, is the age where this is most likely to happen. It's the number one killer, not testicular cancer, not COVID, not none of this. It's taking out too many credit cards, mental health issues. This is why this show started. What the fuck's going on with the finances here? Is it the same issue again? Um, with that, I think there is so much societal pressure um, on men to fulfil this, once again, this role of provider, this, you should always have your shit together, you should always also always be able to not just be able to look after yourself, but also your family and your dependents, etc. And so um, when it comes to sometimes asking for help, that takes a massive knock. Um, on someone's ego and someone's pride and someone's perception of themselves because I feel like a lot of men take pride in being able to be providers essentially being able to be um for their family and their girlfriends their partners etc being dependent on them do you know what I mean it's just it's a good feeling to know that the people who are dependent on you can depend on you and so admitting Mm. that Mm. you can't do that I feel like it really does bring on this kind of like existential crisis in men sometimes because it has been so drummed into men from when they're boys to look after everybody else um, and then put themselves last sometimes. Um, But it does have a really detrimental effect on adults, um, on those um, young men into um, adulthood. I think the disparity um, between suicide rates... um, in suicides in suicide rates between men and women is is really heartbreaking i have three brothers i love them to bits and we um we're always very open with each other um and so whenever there's any like problems like they always they always know that you can just drop a message in the group chat course one of us and so i'm so glad that we have that kind of culture um, within our um, within our um, family and so the idea of a man that you love be it a brother a partner any sort of just a man that you love not being not feeling like they can open up to you about something that they're struggling about their finances etc especially when there are people who would have been able to to help them had it have been that they were able to express mm, the tragedy it's just so 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 yeah. painful yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Jack, we're in a unique position, the business we're in. Thrust into the media eye for being funny or musical or good looking or whatever. Well, you've got two of those. I've got one. Um, you know, the, the exposure and everyone knowing who you are has got fuck all to do with how much money you've got coming in. Sadly. In fact, we're living in a culture where the, the gap between that is getting wider you can be a fucking legend on Instagram and not have two pennies to rub together. So the pressure to maintain it becomes greater and greater. We won't go into any of the things ar around our industry that might be specific cases. But I just wonder what your opinion was on this about men's finances and the pride and getting lost. Do you know anyone like that? How do you think you would handle it? For me, I it scares me. It, I'm a strong person, a biohacker, full of self-awareness, but everything was taken away tomorrow. Could I handle it and go, oh, well, I've got my family who love me. It doesn't matter. I've got my health. Could I do that? Don't know. This is the thing. I think, you know, we're, we're, me and you, Russell, quite similar in ways. We're quite extrovert. We, you know, we like, might make people laugh. And we've got, you know, we like, we like to go out and, and, and please people and be that kind of guy. And then, <clears throat> you're quite, you know, you're quite right. You know, I've got the family and friends there and, you know, everything's great at home and all the rest of it. But if everything was taken away, what would you do? Because there's probably people out there who unfortunately have taken their own lives and have probably thought to themselves, oh, I'll be okay if it all goes tits up, I'll be fine, you know, I'll somehow work it out. And then suddenly they, they haven't been able to because their mindset is completely changed because of what's happened. I think being a man, you know, it, it's, I think now, in the last five years maybe, it's become more of a thing where we're talking about what we're doing, mm -hmm. hence obviously what we're doing here. It's, it's, it's massively important to improve, you know, and, and decrease that percentage, that awful percentage about, you know, men and women, um, around that 40 year mark committing suicide and it's something that I think the more we talk about it and the more we make it a normal thing where people go up and down in life I think everyone because of Instagram because of Twitter all these other platforms and what you see on TV is the high life no one gets to see what the mm -hmm. things happen behind closed doors you know mm -hmm. if you go on Instagram you see people in business class first class um, in Dubai you know what I mean or in LA America all the high life but people don't see um, you know, real life things. And I think social media is such a big impact on this because it's a highlight reel of your life. It's not, 
it's not real life. And that's, and that's the thing. And for people who maybe do a nine five or, or, or you know, work, work in Tesco or whatever, they might see someone on these business class and, and doing all these high life things and feel like, oh, I'm a failure because I want to do that. I'm, I'm, you know, my, my, my wife wants to go on those kind of holidays and I want to provide that and I can't provide that because it's so out of reach for me. And then, you know, as, as a man, you want to you give everything you've got. And sometimes if you feel like everything you've got isn't enough and suddenly for whatever reason, a credit card or, you know, everything goes tits up, so many things are accumulating there that you can see, really see why things just topple over. There's one last one I want to talk about. Pride, we've had um, Euros, I'm not a massive football fan, but as I understand it, it nearly, ca- it nearly came home, but didn't quite. It was just, at the, it was at the gate waving, like a lot of the dads on my council estate. He almost <laughs> came home. And, uh, and then we've got the Olympics at the time of we're recording this. We've seen English pride and British pride. And with those prides, massive discussion around what that means. When it, If I say I'm British, it doesn't feel too negative or too flag waving or threatening or a bit small minded or little England when you say I've got pride in being English for whatever reason it just sounds a bit violent still uh, and it shouldn't really for you know from Newcastle to Penzance that is England it's called England we live in England I'm English what's the big deal and yet I sort of want to get involved in that chat a little bit so British pride I think is easier for us to say fair enough we sort of accept British, it's everyone, even if you just arrived from another country a year ago, you're sort of, from most normal people's mentality, you're British now, welcome, enjoy. But to say I'm English and have pride in English, quite a complicated thing to say. So I just wondered, show A, why it's so complicated, and B, is it something you would say? Um, why is it so complicated? I think the whole idea of um, identity, obviously this is touching on um, identity and national pride and things like that, um, mm-hmm. I think it's a very nuanced um, conversation because there are so many different perspectives, so many different experiences being factored into this. Um, and then you asked if um, I is something I would say. I wouldn't say that I'm British, no matter how much it sounds like. Even though you hear this crumpet oh, you, santee accent, you, like it's just you wouldn't say you're British, really. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say I'm 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 British personally. Um, I wouldn't say I'm I'm English either. I think. My experience and the way that I see um, see identity and nationality and all these kind of things is a bit different. I don't really want to... For me, something like nationality can be taken away so easily. Do you know what I mean? Like you apply to be a nationality. Anybody can be any nationality. And so there's no steadfastness in that. There's no real intrinsic value in that, in my opinion. To me, your identity is more so associated with things that are kind of inborn, like lineage, your ancestry and things like that. That is what I feel most comfortable and safest identifying with because you mentioned about the Euros as well and how it almost came home and the onslaught of kind of like abuse from disgruntled England fans. And so for me to identify as as that, that is so like, so hot and cold to me, it's just, it's not healthy and I find it quite toxic. And so um, I had a lot of people saying, oh, I don't really know how to identify. Oh, um, this is why I don't sound British, blah, 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 because it is so conditional. You know, one minute everyone is um, like happy, everyone is all jolly. The next minute something happens and the condition changes and then it's flipped Mm -hmm. And now you're you're feeling some type of way, you're not feeling safe, etc. And so I just find it a lot easier to identify as something that 
isn't that isn't controversial in the context of of where of where I'm at, where I am to be honest. So it's kind of like turn my back on you before you can turn my back on me kind of thing for me personally. Gotcha, Jack. So what's your sort of relationship with with these ideas? I mean, I, I've been on. 23 of me recently and, and sequenced my DNA. There's only, there's, I've only got 28% of it comes from uh, Britain and Ireland. That's it. Um, so I'm definitely like a complete, been put in a blender and put on mix. Uh, but I use the word British. I would say I'm a British comedian. I'm trying, I use the word English because I find it quite funny to play with the, the tropes of Englishness and being English on stage. I like to present that particularly when I'm abroad. I'm definitely English. It's much funnier. Would I say I'm English? It still sounds a bit Terry down the pub. Jack. Yeah, I get what you're saying there. I really do get what you're saying. I'm, I mean, I, I am English. I'm, I'm half English actually. Um, I'm half English and half Saint Helenian, um, which is a very, very small island that you will never ever hear of again. Where is it, Jack? Just for people. It's in up. between South America and South Africa. It's very, very, very small island. It's where Napoleon was exiled as well. So a little bit of history there. Oh, right. Um, but yeah, I'm half English, but I've always, I was born here. I, I've, I've been raised in the, in the English culture. Um, and I'm proud to be from Britain. You know, I'm, I'm proud to be from both. I think, you know, we're, us as an island, we're very unique. You know, we've got so many ethnicities in the UK and, and in Britain. And, and there's so many countries, in, you know, there's obviously England, Wales, Scotland and Ireland. And it's like, I'm, I'm just proud to be a part of all of it. I mean, I, I find, I do get what you guys are saying and, and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm English. He's a little bit like John from the pub, but I am. Well, I, I'm, I am from England. <laughs> Jack from the pub. Well, I wish, I mean, it's criminal that we can only do one episode on this subject. Maybe I'll get you both back for the sequel. Thank you very much for joining me. Guys, if you're new to either of today's people, which I can't believe, I cannot direct you quickly enough to their socials. I'm, assume, I'm assuming, Shio, there's samples of your poetry on your Instagram and things like that. Like that. Yeah. We, can hear, we can hear you in action. I know Foolish is heating up Jack Squid, so go and have a look at that. Um, if you fancy laughing at stand-up, come and have a look at me. Uh, live on stage again, can't believe it, as well as you know, just being silly online as usual. So check us out on our socials, follow us some seriously uh, interesting people on today's show. And thank you guys for making this subject even more interesting. Thank you, Jack Fowler. Thank you, Simply Shio. I've been Russell Kane. My man baggage is now emptied of its contents. Oh, I'm going for a walk. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com